Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Turn with me this morning to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. To read our passage. Got to get that. Luke chapter 3, starting in verse 7, John the Baptist. When the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, You brood of snakes, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, We're safe. For we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. The crowds ask, what should we do? John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, Teacher, what should we do? He replied, Collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? asked some soldiers. John replied, Don't extort money or make false accusations, and be content with your pay. Everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon, and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. John answered their question by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's ready to separate the shaft from the wheat with his winnowing fork, and then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the shaft with never-ending fire. John used many such warnings as he announced the good news to the people. Lord, this is your word, alive and active. May it change us today because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. How appropriate on the day of joy that we begin by saying, you brood of vipers, right? Doesn't that feel like it goes together? No, okay, I didn't think so either. It feels a little awkward to us. For me to read this passage on a day that we're talking about joy. But the problem is, I think it feels awkward because we have tended to define joy maybe with rose-colored glasses too often in life. I think every July when Christmas comes out, yeah, it does at Hobby Lobby anyway, our favorite song to start singing is what? Joy to the world. I know Miss Diane, that's, that's her first song. She loves every year to sing Joy to the World. You know, one of the most loved Christmas songs that we sing about the birth of Jesus, here's a little bit of information. It wasn't about the birth of Jesus. It was actually a poem written about the second coming of Christ that later got put to music and used during the Christmas season. So now knowing that, 
I think it's pretty appropriate today when we sing joy to the world. Because Advent is about us looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Just as in John's day, they were waiting for the Messiah, so are we. We're just sort of in a already there, but not yet here kind of waiting. We want to associate so often joy is the glitter and the the sparkle of the season. But maybe joy is deeper than that. Maybe joy is something that goes far beyond the momentary feeling because in January, the decorations come back down and they go back out to the shed, right? But joy is much more than the decorations. Joy is about what happiness is, but it's deeply rooted in our identity of who we are in Jesus Christ. So, John, why am I talking about John on a day of joy? Because he starts out really harsh with us here, talking about repentance. You brood of snakes, who told you to come and repent and be worried about the wrath of God? You know, we think of repentance so often as just saying, I'm sorry. Kids, you've probably gotten caught stealing a cookie off the plate. And when mom pops your hand, I'm sorry. How many of you went back and got another cookie later? Thank you for being honest, two of you in this room, and you're not even a kid back there. (laughs) That's how we think so often of repentance. When I say the word repentance, you think it's about telling God how sorry you are. But it's so much more than that. The Greek word for repentance actually means seeing things in a new way. It's talking about a complete reorientation and transformation of your life. You've heard me say before that repentance is you're walking one way away from God and you turn and walk the other way towards God. So in other words, when you get caught reaching for the cookie, you have a new concept of, oh, I can't have cookies before dinner, and I don't come back and steal another one, right? There's the difference between I'm sorry and repenting, because there's a change. And so John is criticizing this crowd for depending on their biological heritage to save them. That they are Abraham's descendants. We're Jews. We can trace our lineage back to Abraham. We're God's chosen people. And he tells them, no, there's, there's more to it than that. Because verse 8, he says, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. So in other words, he's recognizing life, not lineage, was God's standard for judgment. Your lineage, even in this church, does not guarantee you to be saved. We have the the beautiful tree back there that has some of the names of past, and, and maybe you're connected to those names. doesn't matter. Because John says, prove by the way you live that you have repented. So our lineage does not save us. Repentance of our sin is the only way. And John was preaching this message of transformation, of change. And that message, church, 
is still the same message today that we're required of. And then the crowd, they begin to hear him. Okay, okay, so, so there's change. Like, okay, it doesn't matter that I'm from Abraham. So they, they ask John the question, what should we do? I hope when you come to church every week or you tune in online, and by the way, hi, Shelly and Randy. Here's the fun story about them doing the Advent candle. I had this great, awesome idea. I, I asked Bo, I said, Bo... If I get Shelly to do this, can we zoom them in and put her on the screen? And I want to include our online church. He said, yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen. We wasn't 100% sure, but we, we were going to make this happen. So I contact Shelly. Hey, here's the idea. And then lo and behold, she said, we're in town that weekend. And I was like, well, there goes my Zoom idea. That was so cool, Shelly, and you just shot it out of the water. So... We'll try that on another day for another reason. But we are so glad to have you with us today. So I hope when you come every week or tune in or wherever, I know we have visitors, so I hope when you go to your church, I hope you go with the attitude of what should we do. When you hear the word of God, it should transform you. It should change something today when you leave this place. That's when I know you've heard the word of God. So the crowd said, what should we do? As a preacher every week, I criticize my own message wondering, was that a hit or a miss? You know, when I leave here, I I sometimes tell my family, "Ah, I don't think that one flew very good. Let me tell you how I judge hit or miss. And it's not by how many texts I get telling me it was a great message, by the way. That encourages me. A pastor needs to know that somebody listened today, all right? So it's okay to send me a text message after church and tell me what you liked, because I know you heard something then. But it's a hit when I've seen transformation in your life. When I've seen something change in your life because of how God spoke to you. When I've had somebody tell me, I've read my Bible more this year than I ever have, then it's a hit that God has spoken to you somehow. When somebody says, yeah, I want to volunteer, I want to help, I want to teach a class, I want to do, it's a hit because you're beginning to transform and want to live life the way God intends for you. So I look around for transformation Everyday actions, John was telling his listeners here how to apply verse 8. Prove by the way you live that you have repented. How do we do that, John? How do we do that? So he told the crowd, he said, if you have two shirts, give one to somebody who needs it. Man, is your, is your cabinets full of food? Give some food. You got a little extra time? Oh, we do. We just got to prioritize sometimes between my TikTok time and my, my people time. He said, give, be generous. This is a season that it's not hard to be generous. But there's 11 other months 
that I hope you're still applying that. I heard somebody say one time that it's great to give. You know, we always have all these wonderful, we got holiday food baskets that Amy Jo is going to be doing, and that's great. But let's figure out how 11 months out of the year we're still loving and being generous and blessing people. Because everybody's getting blessed in December, but man, they still need help in January and February. In March, you know, we've got a community uh, all over right now with these tornadoes over the next several weeks. You're going to have so many opportunities pop up in front of you, probably on social media. And hopefully the the Church of the Nazarene will have a place we can funnel and give to because (sighs) Kentucky and these other St. Louis, even Arkansas hit by these tornadoes. I, I, I read a story this morning, and this is, we have a Nazarene church in Mayfield, by the way, and uh, another pastor, maybe you remember him, Jeremy McLaughlin, who was here 2009, 10, something like that. Um, he knows their children's pastor, so he contacted, hey, is there any family that specifically needs help? They have a family that 10 months ago lost their house to fire. Just recovered back in their home, four kids and raising two nephews, and it's a total loss from the tornado, you know? And there's story after, there's still good stories, guys. I also already heard this testimony of a man who said, I've not prayed or or spoken to God in five years. And he was showing video of his house and it had damage and there was total destruction around him. He said, But I hit that closet praying like I've never prayed, Lord, just protect my family. And he said, I know he did. And he said, we're talking again. We're talking again. So there's good things that's going to come out of this as well. But this is a time to know that God calls us to be generous. When the crowd asks John, what do we do? Be generous with what you have. And for all of us in here, that's different. For some of you, it's your time. For some of you, it's your money. For some of you, it's your ideas. For some of you, it's your prayers. Be generous. Love others. Then this next group, the the tax collectors who had come to be baptized. Teacher, what should we do? Stop being greedy. See, how the tax collectors would work was they would show up and they would collect what the government told them to collect, and then they would add what they wanted to make off of it on top of that. And John said, stop doing that. Go ahead and do your job. Do what the government tells you. Stop taking that extra on top of it. Stop being greedy about it. And I love what this also tells us about the tax collectors because it even says in there that the corrupt tax collectors, the corrupt, in other words, tax collectors were very hated. (laughs) Oh, they were. And it's because of the extra strain they would put on people. But this tells me that even those people that we think are so hated, God's mercy and grace is for them. Church, I don't care what you think your past is that you think God can't forgive. My God can forgive. He can forgive whatever you've done. And his kingdom is open to all. And that's what it talks about, the collectors. So he says, stop being greedy. Not just being generous, but stop being greedy. This is about new life, remember. Transformation. 
And you have the opportunity to do that. Now, the last uh, set of in the crowd that called out was the soldiers. What should we do? John was talking to this military arm of the Roman government who had all the power behind them, remember that. They had power to harass and cheat people all they wanted. And they they could have done anything to John. Uh, and in fact, we'll see just after this, John gets arrested, right? He does upset the government enough, the people above him that he gets arrested. But repentance, remember, is a call to be different. So he tells these soldiers, what should we do? He's like, be kind, be honest, and then be content with your pay. Wow. So repentance calls them to be different, a new life towards other people. So here's the message John has given us. Be generous. When you walk out of here today and we're thinking about the joy of Christmas, then, Lord, what should we do? You're going to be generous. You're not going to be greedy about things. In other words, I love this. I thought about this, the not greedy. When they went through their play, it's kind of scary how accurate that play was, the hustle and the bustle and the... uh, the overwhelming, you, you saw it on my face as I did announcements. I, I, every year, this is that time of year of overwhelming, right? And then we get cranky by the time we get to the actual gift giving and stuff. We're going to go to parties and we're going to do these gifts exchange. And then somebody's going to get mad because, well, they got a better gift than me. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't be greedy. Go with hearts of giving. So what? You took a better present than somebody else? So what? You bless somebody. Just have that attitude over Christmas. Because guess what? All these little kids, they're watching us adults too. (laughs) And they, they, they learn things from us on how we handle our season. Be generous. Don't be greedy. Be content. Be kind. Be honest. Because when we live this transformed life that John is telling us about, then the fruit of that becomes joy. Then all of a sudden, everything else is put into perspective. So what if I get a lump of coal for Christmas? As Thomas said this morning, because we were, we were running out of the house stressed, trying to make sure we grabbed everything for the day. And then he said, well, we'll think of it through Sarah's eyes. I'm fixing to see Jesus. Nothing else really matters. And that does put it into perspective. That that really is the reason for this season. And as we watched last night on The Chosen, we left here with the attitude, people must know. Because there's a lot of people, and maybe, maybe you're one of them this morning. Maybe the stress of these holidays already getting you down, and, and your calendar looks like my calendar, and it's crazy. The New Year's coming, you don't know what that looks like, and the stress of that. Jesus Christ is still on the throne. John's day, they were looking for the Messiah to come. We've already seen him come but we know he's coming back. 
You know, we recently did our study on Revelation and maybe we talked about some different views that maybe you hadn't thought of and maybe we have some different ideas on how end times looks, but here's the one thing we agree on. He's coming back. So you better live ready. And and the logistics of how it looks at the end, it really doesn't matter because... There will come a time you either believe in Jesus or you don't. Time's up. Live ready today. I don't know if I'll see Jesus coming back. But I know I'm not guaranteed today or tomorrow. So live ready. Church, when we transition, because we're talking about it transforming us, so when we transition from just showing up to church and looking how What can church do for me? And we make a transition to showing up and saying, what can I do? Even if I'm not happy with everything around me, what can I do? Then we begin to live, verse 8. Prove by the way that you live, that you have repented. When when the message changes who we are at home with the family. And I know, mamas, it's tough. We don't make it out of the house so pretty on Sunday sometimes. <laughs> I know. We've all been there. My, my children, someday I need to let my children come preach and let them just tell their side of the story. I'm always telling on them. I need to let them preach their side of the story. Alex says, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> He's like, you still pay him for things for me. I'm good. <laughs> but when we transition to where it begins to change who we are at home, it begins to change who you are at work, it begins to change everything about how you live. It's not just okay to show up and smile and hear at me. We've got to be living Everything that we read about out there. That's how we prove by how we live that we have repented. Now this message got the crowd a little excited. They really got excited listening. It stirred their hearts. Like this, I can anticipate how hungry this crowd was for this message John is giving them. And what I super love about John's message is that he's talking about repentance before Christ has been to the cross. Do you understand that? So this is the heart of God's desire for us from the beginning, to repent of our sins. So his message stirred them to the point that they began to ask, is John the one? I mean, listen to him. He's got some really good things going on here. I think he could be the Messiah. And so they got excited, but he was quick to point out to them, I'm not him. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's make this clear. I am just pointing you to the Messiah. I'm preparing the way for him to come. He uses the imagery of baptism. He says, I baptize you here with water. Like, we just do an external cleaning. He said, the Messiah is going to come and he's going to baptize you with the Spirit and with fire. In other words, from within, you're going to change. 
Because see, in John's day, they're still living under the law. And so they have to repeatedly come back to make sacrifices, remember, for all their sins. Jesus was the final sacrifice. His words on the cross, it is finished. So when Jesus comes, when the Messiah comes, John says, oh, you're going to know the difference. Because it's going to change you from within. And your life will be forever changed. So he made clear that they knew it's not me. And in fact, he it says in verse 18 that he continued to give them warnings as he announced the good news. That's where the joy comes in. That the Messiah was good news. He'd bring in a new way of doing life. The real living, breathing good news was Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, who cried last night at the birth of Jesus? I cried. Now, I think I heard Shelly having to explain over there. I mean, it was, it was good, but I just heard a lot of questions, but that's good too. By the way, parents, don't ever underestimate how young your kids are and what they can understand. If they have questions, you answer those questions. Because I think sometimes our little ones, they relate to the Spirit a whole lot better than we do. They're more in tune to that sensitive heart of Jesus calling them. So always answer the questions. So Jesus came, Emmanuel, God with us. We live in this space. The Messiah already came, but he's not yet come again, right? But we're still living in this moment of the kingdom of God. We rejoice because Christ came in the flesh, but we're still looking forward to the day with anticipation. But yet, even in a season of joy, I look around and there's still a lot a brokenness. Our prayer request alone can tell us that. Flip on the news and we can see all the brokenness. But it's still a time of joy. Walking into this week of joy has been a hard one for me. When one of the happiest people I've ever known is fixing to meet Jesus. And she was one of the first faces of Christ that I knew. But it's because I know she knows Jesus that we still have joy. It's because we know where she's going as soon as she lets go of this world that her and her son and I was able to share some great memories the other day on the phone and just laugh and joke. His dad passed away many years ago, and I said, you know when your mama sees your daddy in heaven, she ain't coming back, right? Like, she is. And I said, I don't think that's theologically good from a pastor, but I'm just telling you this is the truth, that when Sarah sees Ken, she's not coming back. So when they did that MRI the other day and and everything looked normal, I said, well, she just hasn't seen your daddy yet. (laughs) We've still had joy in the midst of sorrow. 
Why? Because it's about a transformation that happens within us when we surrender to Jesus Christ. That even though life is broken, yet we live. And every one of us sitting here, I'm looking at so many faces that I know the broken stories. But I also know the joy I've seen in each of you. And I know that's not by your strength. I know it's by Jesus Christ alone. I know it's because the Holy Spirit lives with us day by day. This message that John gave his crowd, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Still the same message today. It's the exact same message for each of us. Be generous. Don't be greedy. Be kind. Be honest. And be content with your life. Is Emily in here? Yes. Emily's going to come because I know you guys miss singing this morning. And I just wanted her to uh, maybe do first, last verse of Joy to the World. Yeah? Um, so if you'll stand with me, we're going to end with this. And after you sing, I will give you a prayer of dismissal. Um, and I just thank everyone for joining us today. But when you leave here today, no matter what it is that's so heavy on your hearts, let me tell you, you can have joy because of Jesus. My joy never comes from my circumstances. Happiness comes and goes. Oh, kids, you're going to be so happy on Christmas when you open the presents. And then next week, you're going to be so sad because you done broke it or you lost the batteries or mom took the batteries. Anybody else ever do that? It took my kids a long time to figure out when mama said it was broke, it just needed new batteries, but I wasn't giving it to them. You know, I wasn't going to do that. That's happiness. But joy says, I'm content even though things are broken. Let's sing. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love and wonders and wonders of His love. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today. And God, there's so many hearts in here that life has been tough lately. I know we won't even talk about the last 18 months. I'm just talking about the last month, Lord. I'm talking about as they are looking forward. Life is tough. But God, I'm praying right now for your Holy Spirit to fill them with a joy that's not dependent on the circumstances, but it's dependent only on Jesus Christ. And if there's someone in this room today that has never surrendered and repented of their sins, 
Today's the day. Today's the day. Today is the day of salvation to just, just simply acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Born in that manger, but he died on a cross for our sins. It is finished. I paid the last price. And he rose from the grave again. And he's alive and well sitting by the Father today. And we are waiting for that second return. But while we wait, Lord, may we leave this place today and be a blessing to others. May it transform us because of who you are. The message has always been repentance and living to love others. We no longer live under that law to save ourselves. Jesus Christ is our salvation. Now we're to love others as God loved us. So God, as we leave here, may our eyes see through your eyes the people we come in contact with. May we be aware of the needs of others. And God, may we always, throughout the year past Christmas, learn to be generous with whatever you've given us. Father, I just ask a blessing on everyone here today, the families that have gathered, and God, especially on Leon and his family today as they say their last goodbyes to Miss Lois. But Lord, we know where she is. (laughs) She is right there with you today. And we can have joy in that knowing. Father, be with them, be the comfort that they need. When human words fail, and we don't know how to comfort, your Holy Spirit is there. Be with us in the remainder of the weeks of this season, Lord, that I know can get chaotic, but as we gather with our families, may we carry the joy of Christ to those who need to know. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. Have a wonderful, blessed day. We'll see you back at 3 if you intend to help us with the lights. Have a great day. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.